Hello and welcome to the Feminine as Fuck podcast. I'm your host, Monica Yates, a period and women's life coach, where I help women to harness the power of their period and connect back to their true superpowers. In these episodes, we will be talking about all things periods, vaginas, hormones, women's health, sex, confidence, food, femininity, and all the stuff that goes through our heads. You will walk away from each episode with new nuggets and truth bombs, as I don't seem to have a filter and I love talking about all the shit that people are too afraid to say, but everyone is thinking. Hello, lovely ladies. I'm so glad to be back. Um, I'm going to try a better, I'm going to try to do a better job this time at not letting my hair and my turtleneck fuck the microphone like it did in the last one because I had a few of you message me being like there's maracas in the background I'm like that's not maracas that's my hair lol anyway I'm just gonna set the scene for you so I've been in New York obviously um we're just like traveling through time you're all on the journey with me because I love you all very much like a lot so there's thousands of you that listen to this podcast and I'm blown away by it every day. And I want to say a fucking thank you to all of you. Um, and thank you for every single one of you guys that have shared. I, I reply to every single one of you on my Instagram stories. When you share my Instagram story, I'm so effing grateful. I can't even tell you. Anyway, I'm currently in a little nook of my beautiful hotel room in Lake Tahoe. The view is insane. It is 6.58 PM. And I, um, we had a late lunch because I went to go see my ski surgeon and I finally put up my ski accident YouTube video. So I'll put the link to that in the description box and it's a long video, but explains my whole ski accident and what happened. So today, um, we drove to see my surgeon and, um, that was really great. So we had a really good, um, I had a really good consultation with him actually, and it gave me a lot of answers and a lot of clarity, which was really amazing. So it was definitely worth my time, but now we're back home. We had a bit of a late lunch. So I feel like I'm fully guacked out because like it's hard to eat really healthy, like whilst you're traveling. So like all I grab is like guac, guac, like guac and carrots. It's like my staple diet now. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sick of, of guacamole anyway. Um, so I'm looking outside right now. I'm in this beautiful little nook. Like, you know, those like sexy little nooks in like the Pinterest houses and they have like, it's like a little sofa, but it's built into the wall, if that makes sense. That's what I'm currently sitting in. The view is insane. There's spas down below. I'm going to go sit in one of the spas afterwards, but the view is insane. There is so much snow and I am just so in my happy place. I can't even describe it. I love snow so fucking much. Anyway, so that is um, just setting the scene for you guys. Um, so, Basically today, what we're going to talk about is keto versus paleo, because a lot of you have asked me this question and I'm like, okay, I need to cover this topic because it's a really good uh, question to be asking and a really amazing topic to be talking about. Um, And there's a lot of sort of confusion between the two, because as I was saying in my exercise podcast, I think it's it's episode number like four or five or something like that about exercise. Studies are done on men predominantly and not women. And men and women are very, very different. So all the studies on like keto and paleo and stuff, they're predominantly done done on men. Um, If anyone's got any recent ones that have been done on women, great, send them through. But a lot of them have been done on men. So firstly, remember that, but I'm going to go through all the reasons why keto is great or not so great and same with paleo. And then you've all sent me a pile of questions through my Instagram little questions that I put up when I tell you guys when I'm going to record a podcast. So I'm also going to go through all of those relevant questions that you've sent through, re-paleo and keto, um, because you sent through some 
fantabulous questions. Was there anything else I wanted to mention? Oh, my master, my second round of my mastermind is full as of today, which is also super exciting. So I'm now taking enrollment for my third round, um, which is awesome. And if you haven't already looked into slash got a place in the Badass Bitches Academy, I'd also highly recommend for any coaches, kinesiologists, new naturopaths or nutritionists that are having their own business to check that out. I'll also put the link to that in the description um, because we start that at the end of March, which I'm really, really excited for. Um, anyway, let's jump in to talking about um, paleo versus keto. So the first thing I want to talk about is <sighs> there is so many different layers to each of the different sort of like diets, right? Like there's paleo and then there's um, there's paleo and then there's paleo with a little bit of grains or there's like high sugar paleo or like there's low sugar paleo or there's paleo with like too much protein. So firstly, paleo is so fucking broad. It's so open to interpretation and so many people have different ideas of like what paleo actually is, which is very apparent um, in your questions as well that you sent through. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that with keto, again, there's like different ways to going into it, blah, blah, blah. There's so many different sort of like, oh, I'm going to sneeze. Oh, no. Oh, it's coming. Um, no, it's not. There's, again, so many different layers of like how to do it. What's the right way to do it? Some people go like extreme, like no vegetables sort of thing. And it's like, what the fuck? So I'm really throughout this, you're going to notice that I'm really reiterating just like, can we just do like real food? Can we like not put a label on it? Can we just like eat veggies, meat and and um, like lots of healthy fats? Like why does it need to be like, oh, I'm doing keto or like what's the thought on keto? It's just like, if you mean what's the thought on like a high fat diet, yes, lots of fat is great for your hormones and lesser carbs. Anyway, I'm going to go through like the science behind it all, blah, blah, blah. The first thing I want to say with like both paleo, keto and like any sort of low carb thing is that going too low carb can actually disrupt your thyroid. And many studies have actually shown this, that it can disrupt your T4 and T3. Um, and actually the uh, Dave Asprey, the Bulletproof guy, he's talked about this before. And like, I think it's happened to him as well, where it's like, if you go too low carb, you're actually going to slow your thyroid down. So you really don't want to do that. And women often do much better with a little more carbs um, about 100 to 200 grams a day because of our hormones. And if you are doing keto, it is so fucking important that you cycle in and out of it. So like once or twice a week, you need to have a ton of sweet potato for dinner to cycle yourself out of ketosis. Because when you're in ketosis, that is a very stressful state for your body. And that's why some of you find that when you're doing ketosis, you can actually lose your period. Because your adrenals are working really hard. And that's fine if you're in like a super low stress environment. But like I always talk about, when you are adding all the little day stresses on, like onto each other, plus keto, keto could be the straw that broke the camel's back. So I want you to also consider like, if I have all these different stresses in my body, let's try and reduce stress. And so like, let's just like not stress ourselves out with the food we're eating. Like, please, that is a controlled thing. Like you can control what you're putting in your mouth. So let's not make that another stress and make it the straw that broke the camel's back because it's hard to control the traffic and work and all that jazz, but you can control your food scenarios. So that's what I want you to think about because women do need more carbs than men. And so 
with like the studies and stuff, men can go longer in a state of ketosis. Women cannot. So please do not do it. And even if you feel like in the beginning, ketosis has been really, really beneficial for your period and for your cycle and stuff. Woman after woman after woman, they're like, yeah, 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 it was great for three months. And then all of a sudden I started feeling shit, lost my period or started getting bad hormonal imbalance or started putting on weight. Like a lot of women find they do like the ketosis intermittent fasting thing for a while. And in the beginning, it's great. And then they plateau or it gets really fucking shit. I don't want you to get to that state. So let's just stick to real food all the time. We don't need to put a diet on ourselves. We don't need to label ourselves, all that jazz. Um, With the whole like stress thing, a low-carb diet can increase cortisol. And as a result, it slows down your thyroid. Studies have shown this. Science has shown it. And it can cause insomnia, constipation, and hair loss. All of this stuff with the low-carb diet. So please, please, please consider that. And that does not mean you need to go on a high-carb diet. That just means eat carbs at dinner. So like I, for example, eat lots of sweet potato and starchy veggies at dinner time. Um, and like some dinners I will go with like having none. But I eat carbs at dinner time just in the form of starchy veggies. The reason why I don't eat grains and stuff, which I'll talk about in a second, is like they can cause inflammation. They can cause leaky gut, especially if you're not soaking them and like I just can't bother soaking. I don't like them enough to actually put the effort into soaking them. If you really like them, then you could put the effort into soaking them and sprouting them and blah, blah, blah. But like I don't actually like them that much. So like I don't really care. Like I prefer eating 10 sweet potatoes than like some quinoa or like buckwheat or whatever. Um, another thing is that a low carb diet, like I was saying before, can eventually cause you to lose your period because women do need carbs to ovulate. Um, and I know that intermittent fasting has been shown to reduce inflammation and reverse insulin resistance, but you don't want that at the cost of adrenal fatigue because that's going to increase inflammation and fuck everything else up. So you really got to kind of go look at like the cost benefit sort of like ratio of like, is it really worth it in the long term? Um, and I know that, um, what was I going to say? That paleo is obviously like not advocating for like really, really high, uh, high fat, really, really low carb, but it's still around that same sort of stuff. So like with the paleo, I guess the problem with paleo that I see is like people can then think they can eat a lot of like dates or fruit or honey. And it's still that that's a pile of fructose and fructose isn't good for your hormones and it's not good for your gut and it's not good for inflammation. So uh, it's really, I, so many of you have said like keto versus paleo. Like I can't even tell you how many have messaged me asking me to talk about this. And it's really hard to talk about because the two are actually really fucking different. Like, and I'm like, don't do either. Like, that's my thing of like, let's just eat what we want to eat. Because if you're doing paleo, but you're eating a ton of meat and having a ton of sugar, then like, that's not great either. What you actually want to be doing is having lots of veggies, some good quality protein, and lots of healthy fats. That is what's best for your hormones and best for your period. What is good about keto and good about paleo is that they both advocate for like getting rid of grains and gluten and all that jazz. And gluten intolerance has been linked linked to altered estrogen levels and therefore consequences such as amenorrhea, which is when your period disappears, infertility, diminished ovarian reserve and all that jazz. And most experts now also recognize that gluten sensitivity exists and that it's an inflammatory condition which can manifest with digestive and non-digestive symptoms. So bottom line is you want to get gluten out of your diet whether you're on paleo or keto or fucking on nothing. Like you don't, gluten isn't beneficial. You don't fucking need it. It is going to increase your digestive problems and it is going to increase inflammation. So that's where both paleo and keto are really fab in that sense. 
Um, and of course, you know, we have been told for decades that lots of carbs are healthy um, and that low fat is the way to go. But people are fatter and sicker than ever. So that isn't the way to go. So both paleo and keto are great in that sense of they are saying reduce the carbohydrates to help with that insulin sensitivity and to have more healthy fats because healthy fats are really good for you. Um, other thing is like, even for girls with like endo, right? Endo for that, you know, making, if you have endo, you know, really making sure that you are avoiding calcium, avoiding gluten, uh, avoiding sugar, all those inflammatory things. So obviously both keto and paleo are really great for this, avoiding vegetable oil. You know, those, those things are really highly recognized in both paleo and keto. So that's really great. I know keto does also have an element of like lots of dairy. So like if you're doing like a ton of conventional dairy and keto, I'm like, no, don't do that. So that's again where it's like, well, what's the sort of keto that you're doing? Like it's so up to interpretation because like if you were doing keto with just like all you saw is high fat, you could do like a lot of canola oil or a lot of conventional dairy and it's like or a lot of fried food and like a ton of bacon with like fucking, you know, pork fat the pork fat's got fucking shit all through it from the corn it's been fed like pork fat isn't bad but like well the thing is a lot of pork is actually um is fed on grain so like that's where it's like that's where it's bad it's the grain it's the way the though it's the way the pig has been raised it's bad not the pig itself um so then that sort of keto is bad if you're just all you're fucking eating is like bacon and fucking deep fried onion rings but like oh it's high fat like yeah, high bad fat, which you don't want. So again, totally up to interpretation. But with gluten, like with um, endo, sorry, you obviously want to be reducing, reducing those factors. So both paleo and keto is really great for that. And even with acne, with any sort of like PCOS, inflammatory conditions, heavy periods, painful periods, they're all under the same umbrella. So again, paleo and keto can be really great for that. But depending the extreme that you go to, and what your interpretation of each is. Um, the problem with dairy, for example, is a protein called A1 casein. Um, so for some, quite a lot of us, about 70%, but for some of us, um, A1 casein is inflammatory because it stimulates your immune system to generate inflammatory cytokines. Um, and this is what causes the inflammation, right? And the inflammation is going to cause the leaky gut, the adrenal fatigue, the autoimmune problems, the increased prostaglandins causing the period pain, um, the increased amount of um you know, endometrial tissue, all that jazz. Um, A1 casein also reduces the production of the natural anti-inflammatory molecule, molecule glutathione. And glutathione, we obviously want glutathione because it is a master anti-inflammatory compound in our body. So some signs of the A1 casein intolerance, because I know some of you are going to ask, acne, period pain, PMS, heavy periods, um, what else? Um, histamine intolerances, all of those things, you want to get that A1 casein out. Um, and even like a lot of new research is actually showing that dairy may alter your hormones and impair ovulation and that impaired ovulation where you don't ovulate properly is going to also cause excess estrogen. So that's where more of those hormonal imbalances come in the PMS, the mood swings, the period pain, the bloating, the water weight, all that jazz. Um, so another thing with the keto and paleo that's both fantastic is it is also keeping insulin low. So Keeping insulin low is really important because that's really important for PCOS, P um, insulin-resistant PCOS. There's four different types of PCOS, insulin-resistant, adrenal um, PCOS, inflammatory PCOS, and post-pill PCOS. So if you have PCOS, please make sure you know which one because they all need to be managed and 
there's different ways of getting the symptoms to go away. Like you need to heal each one differently. If you have adrenal fatigue, adrenal PCOS, that's different to insulin resistant PCOS. So um, keeping insulin really low is also important because if you have too much insulin, it's going to thicken the lining of your uterus, causing the heavy painful periods. So that's where both keto and paleo can be really good. Um, sugar also impairs insulin sensitivity sensitivity more profoundly than any other food. So again, that keto and a low sugar paleo diet is also fantastic um, if you're doing them in that sort of way. So keto obviously is, but that paleo, you want to make sure that you're not having too much fruit, too many dates, too many high fructose things. Um, and then of course, you know, any gut issues is going to affect your hormonal balance. It's going to affect your overall health and it's going to affect your period. So both keto and paleo, reducing those grains, reducing those inflammatory foods does help your gut lining and therefore that is going to help your hormones. So in terms of grains, grains contain something called lectins um, and phytic acid and they basically can disrupt your gut lining, causing leaky gut, and then food particles go through your gut, causing an um, immune reaction where your body sort of attacks itself because it thinks that this food particle is an invader, and too much of this is going to cause an um, an autoimmune disease. Um, so that's where soaking your grains is really fucking important, um, and healing that gut lining, all the collagen, the bone broth, that is really fucking important, and all the anti-inflammatory foods. Um in terms of pregnancy and and both these diets is DHA is really important in pregnancy. It's a fundamental role in brain and vision development. So hence a high fat diet is great. So if you're having lots of fat in your paleo, lots of fat in keto, that's fantastic. But then it's like, you don't want to be having a stressful as fuck keto diet because you know, that's going to, that's going to lower progesterone levels, which is not healthy for the baby at all. You want your progesterone to be high. And every time you secrete cortisol, you tap into your progesterone stores and progesterone is what keeps the baby in. So you need to be making sure. And just a side note, if you've been having recurrent miscarriages, please fucking get your progesterone tested. And if you do fall pregnant and you've had a history of miscarriages, please make sure you you keep getting your progesterone tested very frequently and possibly even go on bioidentical progesterone cream. If you do have progesterone, um, if you do have low progesterone, make sure you go on Vitex and then stay on it if you feel pregnant. Um, another thing that I love about you know the keto and paleo is that they do allow for that saturated fat, and saturated fat is so fucking good for us. It does not clog, clog um, your arteries. So just let's just fucking put that one to rest, please, because it drives me nuts. If you want the research, send it to me. I should just do, you know what? I'm just going to do a whole nother podcast episode on saturated fat. So look out for that. Um, obviously with gut health and all the healthy fats reducing your inflammation, which is going to help the gut health. Gut health is obviously really important for your period and for that hormone imbalance, but it's also really important because estrogen is detoxified through your gut. It reduces acne. If you have too much estrogen in your body because your gut isn't flushing it out properly, you are going to have the acne, the inflammation, the bloating, um, the heavy periods, the period pain, the fluid retention, all of that jazz. Um, So please make sure that you really look at your gut health. Both keto and paleo are also great because they have lots of essential fatty acids, which is great for hormonal imbalances. Um, And like I said before, sometimes people on the paleo diet can get a bit carried away with the meat, especially if it's not the really high quality meat. So again, it's like, what sort of paleo are you doing? Um, And we don't need that much meat. You don't need to be having a fucking piece of steak every single meal. That's not how we, you know, were, that's not how we were living in the caveman days. And also please don't grab it overboard with those natural sugars. 
Um, gamma linoleic acid also reduces prostaglandins, which can help combat acne and cramps. So that's found in like olive oil, hemp seeds, all those sort of things. And they're great and a great quality. You'll be, uh, sorry, what am I saying? They are both encouraged in both of the diet slash lifestyle ways of living, whatever the fuck you want to call it with both of those things. Um, having enough fat in your diet is also really important just for reducing cortisol and improving your thyroid, which is obviously going to positively affect your cycle and hormones. A shit thyroid can make your period disappear. It can give you heavy periods, late periods, uh, light periods, blood clots. Like you really need to be looking after your thyroid so well and, and your adrenals and your cortisol and stuff. So I guess really the bottom line is I could hop on about this for, for hours, but as you guys could probably gather, it's just like so open to interpretation that it's like kind of annoying. So basically the moral of the story is like just eat real food, eat lots and lots of healthy fats. Like you don't need to restrict your fat. You don't need to go, oh, let me just have like a smear of avocado. Like what the fuck? When my clients are like, oh yeah, I just have like a little bit of avo. I'm like, no, let's please chuck on half an avocado, please. Lots of healthy fats. Do not worry about cholesterol. Do not worry about saturated fat. They are fucking good for you. The fats that are bad for you are the vegetable oils. And I will do an episode on them. Vegetable oils, trust me on this one, are the worst things you could stick in your body. They can, if you actually have enough vegetable oil, it can literally impair every single cell in your body that it kills you. It's actual poison. Um, it, it eventually will kill you. So please do not have vegetable oil. Vegetable oil includes canola oil, whether it's organic or not, it's vegetable oil. Canola oil, sunflower oil, rice bran oil, soybean oil, cottonseed oil. The biggest ones in Australia are rice bran, sunflower, and canola. And then in America, you could find soybean oil. You can find like basically any oil that's not avocado, uh, olive, coconut, um, ghee, butter, lard, don't fucking have it. Um, you know, the other thing with food is just like, stop snacking. Like for fuck's sake, snacking is not good for you. Like your digestive system needs time in between meals. So you should be able to eat every four to six hours. If you can't survive six hours, you need to fix your insulin levels. You need to get that under control and you need to train yourself but having enough fat in each meal is what's going to allow you to only eat every five hours. Like I can survive eight hours. Like obviously I'm like, I get to the point where I'm like, Monica's getting fucking hangry, but I'm not dropping dead. I'm not shaking out of oblivion. Like I'm not, you know, going into like really, really low blood sugar. I'm fine. And that's what you need to be as well. And if you're not like that, you need to really work on that. Um, and you need to improve your insulin sense, your insulin um, sensitivity. So um, another thing is just like with your diet, don't eat inflammatory foods. Please have lots of low inflammatory foods, lots of vegetables, turmeric, spices, herbs, healthy fats, good quality sources of meat, bone broth, collagen, you know, foods high in antioxidants, cacao, berries, um, colorful vegetables. What else? Oh, you guys know it. Google it. The answer's right there. Like we know it. You know it. Like it's innate within you. You know that what food is bad. You know what food is good eat more of the good food. Also, if you find that it's hard because of cravings, that's because your taste buds need to change. Like you've, you've then now programmed your taste buds to love the Maccas and the sugar and blah, blah, blah. You just need to reprogram your taste buds. Like long story short, you need to reprogram them. But if you fucking need help, then obviously that's where you come to me. But like long story short, you reprogram them. And if you want me to do another talk about getting through sugar cravings and stuff, just DM me and I will absolutely do it. But like, I'm not going to blab on too much about it. I'll do an episode on that if you want that. So if you do want that, send me a message. 
Um, you know, it's as simple as that. Look after your body, tap in, you know what you want, boom, done, moving on with your life. Like don't, you don't need to stress so much about the perfect diet because everybody is different. Do what you can do because honestly, the stress of not eating a donut is worse than actually fucking eating it. Like stress is fucking bad. Like don't stress about your food. It's one less thing that you it's one thing that you do not need to be stressing about. And like I say, like we have so many layers right now in our modern life with stress and like whatever that you don't need to be, don't add more to the equation. Like that's not going to help. So let me go through some of your Q&As that you've got because you had really good questions, guys, and I want to quickly go through them. So I'm first one is from Sarah. I'm just wondering if being too low carb can have an effect on our cycles. So yes, that's what I was saying before. Absolutely. Um, it will stress your body out and it also too low carb, like it makes your brain think the world is in a safe place. So you want to be having enough carbs. You don't want to go overboard, but like having starchy veg at dinner, for example, is great. But like, please don't have a quarter of a sweet potato. Please have a whole sweet potato. Like don't go light on the starchy veggies at nighttime. The reason why I say nighttime is because um, carbs blunt your cortisol and that's great at nighttime because it's actually going to help your sleep and then help your body restore and regenerate its cells better. Next one um, is, oh, another one from Sarah. Um, I lost my period for five months while keto, so switched to paleo and got my period back connected. Absolutely. So that's where paleo tends to be a lesser stressful diet because you are having slightly more carbs from like, uh, I think paleo does like sweet potato and stuff. So that's where that's great. And also some people do like buckwheat and stuff in their in their diet, but also it tends to be a bit more relaxed in like you're eating lots of vegetables. Whereas some people go like fucking all out with keto and they go into that fasting stressful state. And that's why you need to cycle in and out of it. Because when you cycle out, i.e. eating a bunch of starchy veggies or some carbs, you cycle out and it bloods your cortisol. So your body's not in this like fight or flight state for too long. Um, another one is, is buckwheat paleo. So to me, it's not, but some people include it as paleo. It's not because it is a grain. So paleo doesn't typically include grains. Um, next one is how much meat are we really supposed to be eating? Is too much on the paleo keto diet? Is it too much on the paleo keto diet? So that's where, again, it's open to interpretation. So for example, I'll typically have one meal a day with meat, sometimes two, but I tend to have lesser meat than boar purely because like it is sometimes hard for your digestive system to break down and you don't need a lot. I get my protein from, you know, nuts, collagen. I have a lot of collagen pretty much every single day. I have collagen powder. Um, and then also I have bone broth every single day and that's also got the amino acids in it and your body doesn't actually need an explosive amount of protein. So if you, for example, typical day, eggs for breakfast for me, three eggs with um, like three scrambled eggs with some sauteed kale and coconut oil, that's a typical day. It obviously changes when I'm traveling, like of what I can get. But generally speaking, every day I have eggs for breakfast, like non-negotiable. Then for lunch, I'll have some sort of salad. If I can, I might have like some tuna, like wild caught, uh, wild caught salmon, some, some really sustainably caught tuna. I don't have too much tuna just because of... Um, the copper in it. Um, and then also, um, 
you know, I'll have lots of healthy fats in that salad too. And then for dinner, I'll typically have some meat or other way and like meat and veg or other way around. I'll have some meat in my lunch and then no meat at dinner times, but lots of healthy fats and I'll have bone broth all the time with dinner. So that's sort of a typical day and I'm fine. I'm still standing, blah, blah, blah. Um, but also of course depends on like, what is your body needing in this current time? So for example, when I go in for my third surgery on my leg, I'm going to need to up my, 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 up my meat and my protein because I need to keep my muscle mass. I don't want to have too much muscle wasting. So I will actually have, you know, um, protein powder. So I'll have, oh yeah, that's another thing. I have a lot of hemp protein in my salads, which is what's really great as well for like a protein source and it's not animal protein. So one, great for it's all the hemp is also really great for like fiber digestion lots of minerals and then also it's like I'm not having to cook meat um and it's just like nice to not have three meals with meat in it a day so I hope that helps with that question so it also totally depends on like your personal needs and personal preferences and like I'm not some elite athlete so I don't need to be having a ton of protein um and like I feel like my body thrives better when I'm having you know lots of veggies um, lots of healthy fats and like a, a reasonable amount of meat, but I don't need to be having an explosive amount of meat. Also the meat that I have is very high quality and I always eat the full cut of meat. So like I have the fat, the cartilage, um, and I have the skin if I can, if it's chicken, I always eat it with the skin. So I'm getting a lot of minerals and a lot of bang for my buck as well. Um, Roxanne has asked me, um, how long does it take for your cycle to get back on track after taking the ECP? So the ECP is the morning after pill. Great question. It can take a while because the levonorgestrel in the ECP, the morning after pill prevents ovulation and it thickens the cervical fluid to prevent the fertilization of an egg. So basically you don't ovulate that cycle. And of course this has disrupted the path between your brain and your ovaries. And so fair enough that it could take a while for your cycle to come back. Every single one of us is different give your body a little bit of love and do the things that support your cycle to coming back. So reducing stress, meditation, sending love to your reproductive system, having lots of healthy fats, all that jazz is going to help. And also don't stress about it. Okay. You have to take the morning after pill, maybe be a little bit careful next time. But also I want to ask you, Roxanne, like, why do you have to take it? Where was the mistake where you didn't know where you were in your cycle? Because if you do, if you know where you are in your cycle, you know when you're ovulating and then you know when the time is to like use the pull-out method, to use condoms, all that jazz. So that's a little side note with that one. Make sure you go back and listen to my, my podcast recording about like you can't get pregnant at any time of your cycle. Um, the next question is if carbs are our first source of energy, is it really bad for you to limit them extremely? Um, it's not really bad for you to limit them because it's like, yes, carbs, your first source of energy, but you can also train your body to be using fat as energy. So you don't want to be limited. Like I've been talking about in this whole podcast, you've probably got the idea, Amelia, you don't want to be limiting them to an extreme point where you lose your period. Like your period is your sixth vital sign. So listening to your period is going to tell you where you can go on that spectrum of low carbs. Actually, honestly, all of you ladies try it out, right? Like your body, you can try it out. Your body's pretty resilient, but it's like, Everyone's going to be different. So just listen to your body and where you are on that spectrum and how you feel when you cut back your carbs, like what your threshold is. Um, is keto healthy for teenage girls or anyone for that matter? Is it a fad diet? I wouldn't say it's a fad diet because at the end of the day, ketosis, our brain loves it. But that's where it's like, I want you guys to think about ketosis as like lots of veggies, lots of fat, reasonable meat. 
there you go. Like that's ketosis. Please add sweet potato in there a couple nights a week. Boom, done. End of story. Um, so yeah, you can do it for teenage girls. Just don't restrict yourself to the point where you feel like you're hungry or you're depriving yourself or you're jittering and stressed. If you feel like your adrenals are going where in your chest, it's a bit shaky. That's your adrenals. You don't want your chest to start getting shaky in there because your adrenals are on fire and you're secreting cortisol and you're in a fight or flight response. Someone said, can we go to dinner together? Sure. Um, the importance of mindset around dieting and making food choices from Sinead. So yeah, this is a really, really important one. Um, I When you go into things with deprivation mindset, you're not going to fucking succeed. Also, this is why I'm like, guys, just have fucking just eat real food and that's never a diet and you will be able to sustain it for a long time and quit sugar so you can reprogram your taste buds and so you are not craving the fucking sugar all the time because when you don't crave sugar it is so freeing when you don't have cravings okay so the next one is oh someone said yay girl so glad you're covering this topic love your work thank you so much infertility and periods oh I'll talk about that maybe I don't really know what that one means that's pretty general you maybe have I've probably answered that should I go keto for better skin? What you want to do for better skin is, yeah, so what I was saying in this episode about the acne, reducing those inflammatory foods, fixing your gut, all of those things that are sort of contribute like in the keto and paleo, that's going to help your skin. So that I've answered that question throughout this whole thing. Um, keto with PCOS, what are the benefits versus the cons? Again, if you have insulin-resistant PCOS, then you want to be reducing the carbs just to train your body, but you don't want to go into this crazy-ass state where you're fucking stressing your body out. So reducing like grains and stuff is a really great way to start and like a lot of sugar and keeping the starchy veggies in and training your insulin levels. So you want to be able to not eat for like a six-hour period and that's what's going to train you. So you can train your body back to being insulin-sensitive as to as opposed to being insulin resistant you want to be insulin sensitive um rachel keto for women versus men um oh yeah that's what i was saying about like with keto with women it's way more stressful on the body and like i don't really advocate it what i advocate for is just like having more fats in your diets in your diet because it's healthy for your hormones um and that's where it's like if you are on keto keto for women like please cycle in and out. And like the bottom line is if you go extreme keto, what am I trying to say? If you go extreme keto, it's not going to last. So fuck it. Just bloody go normal. Like just go real food, just go real food. And then it will last as opposed to doing this like extreme thing where you might be able to survive for three months. And then you're just going to go back to the way things were before. So like, please don't do that. Whereas, so yeah, with, whereas with Rachel, men can do the, the stressful state of keto for longer before they cycle in and out, but they still need to cycle in and out. Um, so yeah, and then last question is, why do we need carbs for our hormones? We need them to ovulate. It makes our brain think the world is a safe place and therefore we can ovulate, which is really important. So I hope, ladies, this has answered lots of your questions. As per usual, please, please, please tag me in your inst- in the Insta stories and whatever so I can share the episodes and like share your reposts. Um, please send through any more questions that you've got and make sure you look out on my Instagram stories for when I'm doing my next podcast recording because I'll pop up the little question box so you can pop in more questions because I know a lot of you find this quite helpful for you. Um, 
If you haven't already booked in for a free discovery call with me, please feel free to do so so we can discuss your personal needs, period issues, all that jazz. And also do not forget that if you want to really grow your business and get those five-figure months, then make sure you check out my academy before all the spaces go because I don't know if I'll be doing it again. And um, just check out everything else that I'm offering on my website or on my Instagram, blah, 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 if you haven't already. And if you want to book in for a strategy session, um, I'll quickly do like a massive run through with them really fast. Basically you book in for a session. It's the first one's 90 minutes and you will get a two to three month plan. So before the call, you fill in a whole pile of notes. I know your full full story. So there's no fluffy shit where you're telling me stuff that you've told every other doctor. I know what I'm dealing with. As soon as we jump on the call, you can do them anywhere in the world. All of my coaching is anywhere in the world because we do it all online. Um, Basically, you will tell me all your period issues and we will talk about everything in the session. And I will give you a two to three month plan. I give you a big document with like what to do, supplements to take, what food to eat, blah, 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 that will cut, that will get you going for about two to three months. The reason why I do these one-off sessions is it does take two to three months to start seeing results in your cycle. Um, so you'll go off, you'll do that for two to three months, and then you can come back for some following sessions after that. And in that 90 minute session in this package as well, you also get an hour of email time with me. So you can email me whenever, and I will be able to reply for up to an hour of my time. And that's included in that price. Um, as well as obviously the plan and you also get a recording of the session so you can go back because I like power through everything to talk about and and everything to do and it can be a little bit overwhelming so you get the recording as well to like go back and re-listen to so if you are interested in doing a strategy session again go on my website check it out you can click the work with me tab then click strategy session and it's all there and that is just for period issues, just for hormonal imbalances. If you want to do the sex, the confidence, the intimacy, the femininity, the all that, the business stuff, those are my mastermind and my academy. They are two different things. Um, but send me a DM and I can explain it to you. Otherwise, have an incredible day. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I will talk to you very, very shortly. Bye-bye. Well, thank you again for tuning in and listening to my podcast. I hope that you got lots of nuggets out of today's show. Uh, please, 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 I would be really grateful if you could leave me a review so that more women can find the podcast and therefore I can help more women understand their period and fix their period problems. Because after all, it's a much nicer life to live when we actually love our cycle because we do have to um, keep up with it every single month. Also, if you have any friends or loved ones that you think would enjoy my podcast, I'd be super grateful if you could send it to them as well just to share the love. And that's it for now. So I will catch you on the flip side. Have an amazing day or night wherever you are.